Hey there, teachers. Since you're a regular podcast listener, and I know you're committed to improving your literacy instruction, I want to make sure you know about our free private podcast, the Confident Writer System Series. This private podcast was the result of so many teachers asking me questions about how to teach writing. I'd get questions like, my schedule is already so crammed. How do you find enough time to teach writing? Or my students struggle to write complete sentences and paragraphs, yet I'm expected to get them to write a five-paragraph essay by the end of the year. Help! (laughs) So I decided to put together a five-episode private podcast series that will teach you how to teach writing in upper elementary. In this short series, you'll learn the five mistakes to avoid when teaching writing in upper elementary, simple routines that will take your students from confused to confident, and manageable ways to teach writing every day without feeling rushed. You're going to get access to a podcast workbook that is filled with freebies and writing resources. So if that sounds like something that you want, then head to stellarteacher.com slash writing podcast. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash writing podcast and sign up for this free private podcast. These episodes are only available inside the private podcast and trust me, you're not going to want to miss them. You're listening to episode 10 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Oh my goodness, you guys, this is episode 10. I am seriously so excited that I have made it 10 episodes into this podcast. I don't know if you listened to my very first intro episode. If you haven't, you might want to go back and give it a listen. But one of the things that prevented me from starting this podcast two years ago when I had the original idea was that I was worried I wasn't going to be able to keep up with the weekly episodes. But each week when I sit down to record the episode, I find that I just get so excited to share my ideas with you. And I love hearing from you guys about how this podcast is helping you in your classroom and giving you ideas. And that just motivates me to continue recording the episodes. And the more episodes I record, the more ideas I have. So I am having so much fun. And I just have to say thank you so much for being one of my regular listeners and tuning in each week. One of the things that I try to do every week is provide you with very practical, actionable tips that you can apply to help your students become lifelong readers. And so today we're going to talk about something that you probably have in your classroom and you can probably start using them in a more effective way today. And that is how to use task cards to boost your students' reading comprehension. Let me give you a little bit of backstory because I was not a fan of task cards when they first became a teaching thing. And I think it's because when I first started teaching, I was at a school and we used a basal reading program. I don't remember if it was journeys or whatever it was called, but it was your very typical basal. It had a story of the week that we would read every day. I had a set number of vocabulary words that I would teach throughout the week and assess my students. It had pre-made reading worksheets and multiple choice assessments and tests. It had 
prescribed reading centers, and you would think it would be a dream because it had everything in there, but it didn't provide a lot of room for creativity or flexibility or for me to really meet my students' needs. And either the activities took too long or they took too little, and I didn't enjoy teaching from it, and I didn't feel like I was an effective reading teacher, and my students didn't really enjoy reading using a basal program. So after a few years and after I did a little bit of research, I stumbled across the reading workshop model, which should be no surprise to you because I've talked about it before. And I started using that as the way to teach reading and I fell in love immediately. I loved that the workshop model prioritized students' independent reading texts that they got to choose. And I love that the workshop model focused on using authentic texts for read-alouds and mini lessons and that students were reading real books on their own. And I loved that it prioritized short whole group lessons and more time for independent reading and small group instruction. And I love that it gave me a framework that allowed me to be very responsive to my students' needs. And I absolutely loved it. And my students did too. And I really started to see a lot of growth from my students during reading. And I finally felt like I knew what I was doing as a teacher. And this was right around maybe year three, four, or five. And if I think back to that time, I kind of became a reading workshop snob. Not my proudest moment, I guess, as a teacher. I know that I proclaimed to my teacher friends that the workshop model was the right way to teach reading and that we should only be giving kids authentic texts, and that there was no place for worksheets in a real reading classroom. Now, let me be clear for a moment. I still think that reading workshop is one of the best ways to teach reading. But since then, I've really learned that there is more than one way to effectively teach reading to your students. And it really doesn't matter on the framework or the approach to teaching reading. It's how you as a teacher use the resources and the tools that you are given. I have seen teachers who use the workshop model in really ineffective ways and their students aren't engaged. And on the flip side, I've seen some amazing teachers make basal reading programs so engaging and effective. And so it doesn't matter whether you're using the workshop model or a basal reading program or something completely different. You have the power and the tools to utilize your resources in the most effective and engaging way. Anyways, for a while, I was on my no room for worksheets in my reading block mindset. And when I moved to fourth grade, one of my teammates shared a set of task cards that she was using to teach main idea. And I remember she shared these resources with me because we were on a team where everybody shared things. And I looked at them and I was like, no way, these are just a glorified worksheet. And I'm not going to use those during my reading workshop. I've come a long way, you guys, trust me. So after hearing all of the different ways she used these with her students, I was like, you know what, maybe they can be used in a meaningful way. So I decided to give them a try. And I realized that I really had overlooked some of the benefits that task cards provide. And I realized that there are so many ways that we can use task cards in our reading block that are going to help our students with their comprehension. I'm going to share some of my tips for using task cards on how to boost students' comprehension. But first of all, let me share some of the benefits of using task cards. And these are really things that I simply overlooked when I first considered using them because when I just saw them, I was like, this literally is a worksheet cut into smaller pieces. But if you think about what a task card really is, it can be a really powerful teaching tool. So first of all, task cards typically are short texts and there can be a lot of benefits to providing our students with short texts. They don't get fatigued with reading 
It gives them a chance to really focus on understanding the text and then applying the skill without having to remember this really long, complicated story or topic. And so the short texts can be really helpful for mini lessons and reading conferences and strategy groups and just focusing on a specific skill, which kind of leads me to my next benefit. Task cards are usually created to focus on a specific skill. So they're targeting one skill. And while we want our students to be able to apply a wide range of reading skills and we want to have our instruction framed in such a way that it goes beyond focusing on just teaching the skills. So it's not just a checklist of, okay, I taught me an idea. I've taught summarizing, moving on to the next thing. It's really a much bigger picture thing. We still have to teach specific comprehension skills to our students. And so sometimes it is really helpful and can be really easy to have access to texts that are focused on skills. And task cards are one of those resources and they're short. So it's really helpful. And that kind of leads me into the third benefit of them is that they are easily accessible. I have taught in a wide range of schools. I have taught in schools that have every single resource you could possibly imagine. And they had an abundance of resources and funds. And if I wanted books for my classroom, I could get those. And I've also been in schools where they are limited to the resources that they have and they don't have unlimited budgets. And if I wanted something for my classroom, I had to buy it myself and that got to be really expensive. And so the nice thing about task cards is if you are in a school that has limited resources, you can get access to reading materials that are going to help your students with their comprehension. And so I love that you can get a wide range of task cards on Teachers Pay Teachers and other sites. So the benefits of task cards, they're short, they're skill-based, and they're easily accessible. Let me jump right in and let me share my five tips for using task cards in a meaningful way to help boost your students' comprehension. The first tip for using them is to offer your students choice. And really anytime we can give students more choice, we are going to see an increase in their engagement. We're gonna see an increase in their motivation. And both of these things are going to lead to an increase in comprehension. So simply give your students a choice in which task cards they want to read and answer the questions to. And most of the time, task cards come in sets with a ton of task cards. And maybe you have a set or maybe you've seen sets that have 24 or 36 or 48 or 157. (laughs) But the thing is, is more isn't always a good thing. And the reality of it is, is your students don't need to do 48 of anything in order for you to know if they've mastered a skill or understand a strategy. So if you have a set of 48 task cards, that is great because you get to give your students a lot of choice. They don't have to answer or read all 48 in order for you to know if they've mastered that skill. What I would suggest is think about how you're using the task cards, how frequently you want your students to do them or how many you want them to answer during the day or during the week and tell them, here's a set of 48. I want you to pick four and I want you to read the four and show me what you know from those four. And then students can look at the titles and find titles that are interesting to them. Or even if they just get to choose that act of having a choice helps them feel more empowered and confident. So if you're using task cards, consider giving your students a choice. Super simple way, it's going to have an impact on their comprehension. The next thing that you can do is use graphic organizers to help scaffold the transfer of skills. Now, if you've listened to some of my other podcasts or read some of my blog posts, and you guys know that I love using graphic organizers. And not only do I love using graphic organizers, but I love teaching students how to make their own graphic organizer. 
And the reason behind this is comprehension is very abstract. It's very complex. It takes place in our brains and we can't always know what's happening in a student's mind when they're working on their comprehension or what they're understanding. But a graphic organizer can help us make some of their thinking visible and it can help the students see some of their own thinking in a very visual sort of way. And so if you aren't using graphic organizers on a regular basis in your reading block, I would encourage you to do so. And I would encourage you to let your students use graphic organizers with task cards. You can treat task cards like any other independent reading text. And it's really quite simple. Students can read the text on the task card and then let them either use a graphic organizer template that you have or create their own. And before they answer the questions that come with the task card, have them show their thinking in a very visual sort of way. And this can really help add another layer of scaffolding. Before they have to answer the questions, they have to organize their thoughts and make it visible. So if your students are working on comparing and contrasting task cards, they can create a Venn diagram and just bullet point their ideas down in the Venn diagram. Or if they're working on main idea, they can create a web and identify the main idea and the details before they answer the question. A graphic organizer can be a really easy way to help make the task card experience a lot more meaningful. And then, like I said, just help add a layer of scaffolding for the students before they answer the questions. One of the things I like to do is I have a set of sticky note templates that have little mini graphic organizers on them. And these work so well with task cards because task cards are usually a very short text and these graphic organizers on the sticky notes are very small and mini. And so it just ends up being the right amount of space for a student to organize their thoughts. Like I said, my next tip for using task cards in a really meaningful way is to let students use graphic organizers to help show their thinking about the task card. And then my next tip is to focus on your students' thinking and connections more than their answer. And oftentimes this is something that gets overlooked when you're using task cards. And that's because most task cards include a set of answer keys. And a lot of times task cards come with multiple choice questions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use the answer key or never give your students multiple choice questions because I get it, especially in upper elementary, we have that pressure of state testing and that's how our students are assessed on the state test, unfortunately. And I was a classroom teacher and I was a school administrator and I understand how important that test is and that our students need to practice reading passages and answering multiple choice questions in order to be prepared. But I always think about, do our students really need to be practicing multiple choice questions all year long in order to be prepared for that test? And I would probably say no. And I always think about, again, when I think about my students' reading experiences, I think about my own experience as an adult. And first of all, I try to think about when was the last time that I read something and then I had to answer multiple choice questions and I can't really think of it. And if I did think of it, I probably didn't have fun doing it. And so we have to think about We want our reading lessons and instruction to motivate and inspire and make our students want to read. And if every time students read, they have to answer a multiple choice question, there is that pressure of always getting the question right, whether or not they are going to get a good grade on it. And it can take away some of the the enjoyment and the fun and even the authenticity of the reading experience. And so my encouragement to teachers is when possible, try not to make the multiple choice or even the answer the focus of the reading experience. Yes, of course, we need to assess. And yes, multiple choice can be okay, but it doesn't need to be present for every single reading experience or even every single week. 
So if you're using task cards and if they have multiple choice questions, you can still use those. But rather than having your students answer every single multiple choice question or rather having that be the thing that you grade or correct, have your students explain how did they get to answer choice B or how did they get to D as their answer? Because ultimately the process of reading and the thinking that our students go through is what we want to encourage and develop, not just whether or not they get the right answer. Because the reality of it is our students could guess and not spend any time actually thinking or reading with strategies and they could still guess the right answer. But that doesn't mean that they're becoming a stronger reader. So if you are going to use multiple choice questions or even have your students answer questions, try not to make the answer the focus, but instead give your students the time and the space to explain their thinking that led them to the answer. So a couple of things that you could do to incorporate sort of this idea in your classroom is have your students explain their thinking. What you could do is you could either shorten the number of task cards you assign. So rather than having them do 10, have them answer five. They can still answer the multiple choice questions, but in addition, have them explain their thinking, how they got the answer for each of the five questions, because then we're focusing on, like I said, that process and the thinking students are going through to get the answer. The other approach you could take is you could still have students answer all of the task cards in a normal way, and you could even have them answer all of the multiple choice questions, but they're going to pick up two or three that they really want to explain their thinking. And maybe they pick the one question that they feel the most confident in their answer and they explain how they found that answer and why they're the most confident that that is the right answer. And then maybe they pick the one that they are least confident in and they explain why is that question and why was that answer, why is that the one that they're least confident in? Because again, the focus then is not whether or not they got the right answer, we're focusing on their thought process and their explanation. And students will feel a lot more comfortable if they have a chance to really defend and explain their thinking rather than just circling an answer choice. And this also helps you as a teacher because really if we just look to see if a student guessed A, B, C, or D, that tells us nothing about the strategies that they used or how they got to that answer. But if they can explain their thinking, you're going to know a lot more about how you can support their reading growth and development. Another thing that you could do is to let students talk through their thinking after they've read and answered a task card. So you could incorporate a couple different collaborative grouping routines, such as a turn and talk or a find someone who type of activity where students just have to find a friend and then explain the process they used to find the answer to that question. So they're still answering it. But again, with all of these examples, the focus and the highlight is on the process and letting students explain their thinking and the connections that they made to the text, not just the answer choice. My next tip might be one of my favorites because it's going to save you time and probably money. And that is to reuse task cards for multiple skill practice. And the reason why I say this is most of the time when you get a set of task cards, it's going to be on a specific skill. Maybe you got a task cards that help your students, maybe they're fiction task cards and they help your students make inferences. Well, you can use those task cards to have your students make inferences. And the reality of it is, is if it's a fiction text, you can use those same texts, the same passage on those task cards for other skills. So once students have used those task cards to make inferences, they could reread the same passage and then you could have them focus on summarizing or analyzing character traits or making connections or whatever fiction skill you're teaching. And maybe you don't have the multiple choice questions ready to go, but you could have your students come up with multiple choice questions or even open-ended questions 
for a new skill, or you could give students a graphic organizer that you have, or you could give them a set of question stems for that new skill. But you already have a set of small texts that are skill-based, and you might as well get the most use out of them you can. And one of the reasons why I like reusing task cards for multiple skill practice is because if students read a passage one time, and then you ask them to reread it for the purpose of using a different skill or strategy, they already know the story. They already know the text. So they're going to spend less brain power and less energy trying to remember what that text is about. And they can spend more time trying to effectively apply the skill or strategy that you're focusing on. Reusing task cards can be a great way to help your students practice other skills. And like I said, it's going to save you time. And then if I think about my final tip, it really might be my favorite tip. So my last tip is for you to use task cards for more than just independent practice. And most of the time when we use task cards, we are using them for workstations, or maybe you do them for scoot, or maybe you have some other form of independent practice. But most of the time, task cards are used for independent practice. Students are working on the task card independently, or maybe they're working on them with a partner. But you can use them for so many other parts of your reading block. And I think this is when I realized that they can be such a powerful teaching tool. You could use them as a daily warm-up. If you have a set of 20 task cards, you could use one a day for 20 days for your warm-up. And it's quick. It's an easy way to practice on a specific skill. And it's just one more chance for students to read a passage and apply a skill or strategy in a short time frame. They also work great as small group texts, and this might be my favorite way to use them, especially if you're doing strategy groups on a specific skill. Most of the time with strategy groups, we tell students to bring their independent reading text to the strategy group, but students aren't always reading a text during their independent reading that works for your strategy group lesson. And so if you have a stack of task cards that focus on the same strategy you're trying to teach, if a student comes to your table and they don't have an independent reading text that works for that strategy, they can read a task card so they can still practice reading and applying that strategy. And because the task card is short and because you can easily preview it and know what skill it is, you can be confident that it's going to work for your strategy lesson. You can even use task cards to model a skill during your whole group. I love trying to model strategies with a variety of texts because while our students are going to be probably the majority of their life reading books for their sort of personal enjoyment, they are going to be exposed to so many different texts. They're going to read articles and maybe they're going to be given textbooks later on and just so many different types of texts. So the more text that you can model with, the better it's going to be for students to see how to apply skills to a wide range of texts. So you can use task cards to model, not every time, but sometimes. And then you can use them for homework, early finisher work, partner practice, test prep, quick assessments, or even for reading conferences. There are so many different ways that you can incorporate them into your reading block because they are short, because they are skill-based, and because they are easily accessible. If you have task cards in your classroom, I hope you're feeling maybe a little bit more excited that there are so many ways that you can use them. Remember, you can give your students choice. You can have them use graphic organizers with the task cards. You can prioritize their thinking and not just focus on the answer. You can reuse task cards for a variety of skills, and you can use them for more than just independent practice. So if you have task cards in your classroom, go find them today and make a plan for how you're going to use them this week beyond just independent practice. And if you don't already have a set of task cards in your classroom, 
let me offer up one of the resources from my TBT store. I currently have a growing bundle of task cards. Now it's almost done, but I'm still working on a few more sets I want to add. And these task cards are perfect for third through fifth grade students. And they have really fun and engaging texts. And each set is focused on a specific skill. So if you need a set for main idea, summary, inferencing, I have all of those in this growing bundle. And just in case you're looking for a new set of task cards, I'm gonna include the link to that bundle in my show notes in case you wanna check them out. And I know I've said this before, but really I love connecting with you guys either on Instagram or in my email. So if you heard something from today's episode that is a real big takeaway for you or something that you're excited to implement, I would love if you would reach out to me and let me know. It just means the world to me. So hopefully I've shared some ideas today that you are excited to implement. And I hope you have a great week teaching and I will see you next week. Or I guess I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. And you can also find links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.